coming up on this episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. Today, we're going to talk about the art of crafting effective consequences. We recently learned of a judge who creates unique and custom punishments that are much more effective at promoting reform than the national average. Today, we're going to talk about his secret, and we're also going to talk about how you can imitate his success by using the Money Pants Framework. We'll share seven principles of crafting custom consequences, including how to use them for rewards as well as punishments. Plus, we'll analyze some of the key differences between the average parent and a judge in the courtroom and how to bridge that gap. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. A blonde cop pulls over a blonde motorist and asks her for a driver's license. The blonde starts rummaging through her car and then asks, "Uh, what is it again? The blonde cop replies, Ugh, it's the thing in your purse with your picture on it. Oh yeah, says the blonde, who reaches into her purse, pulls out a compact mirror, and hands it over. The blonde cop opens it, takes a look inside, hands it back, and says, Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I wouldn't have pulled you over if I knew you were a fellow officer. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We're your host, Hannah Fontaine Judd. And we are the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from newborn to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. Today's topic is all about crafting effective consequences. And it's kind of a carryover from the our previous podcast where we were talking about the difference between uh, logical consequences and natural consequences and how kind of the purpose of logical consequences is to soften the blow of natural consequences. And natural consequences, Hannah are harsh and unforgiving. You drive your car too fast around a corner and inertia, gravity, and momentum will kick in and you'll end up at the bottom of the cliff. And your car's damaged, your legs are broken, you're in the hospital, and you don't get to play football anymore. Like Those are the the natural consequences of going too fast. But the logical consequences would kind of prevent that by saying, hey, Johnny, I noticed you were speeding in my car again. Unfortunately, that means you can't use the car this week. And the idea is to kind of back away so that Johnny doesn't have to suffer the consequences of the natural or the the results of the natural consequences by kind of implementing these logical consequences so that as he shows that he's more and more responsible, he can use the car more and more. But until he shows that level of responsibility, his options and his, his freedom is limited. So, but today we wanted to kind of go into a little more detail as to how to go well, about yeah. crafting those logical. Well, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say. So, as a parent, you kind of bridge the way into adulthood. It's your job, actually. Yeah, yeah. and and so that's why you establish consequences. It isn't because you're into punishment. It's actually because you're trying to back it off a little bit. That's the whole objective. Some people are like, oh, you attach consequences. You're into punishing. And it's like, no, it's actually the well, opposite. because no, once your kids leave home, once they're adults, once they're on their own, the full weight and power of natural consequences kicks in. 
you're not there to help them anymore. You can't intervene. And for some kids, it, that could be, well, no, not for some kids, for everybody, that could be very severe. And so as parents, we want to kind of ease them into that so that by the time they do leave home, they are prepared for these, these, these natural consequences that may take place and they can make age appropriate decisions in accordance with that. So, and so today the kind of the idea was to go into a little more detail about how to craft, and I like that word craft, create, craft, design, uh, logical consequences. So to get into it, I think it, the most effective thing would just be to, you know, get into, well, okay, so it reminded me of this this movie from the classic uh, The Parent Trap with Haley Mills, where they these two girls are at a girls' camp for the summer, and they don't like each other, and they keep, you know, basically fighting, and it, the, the, these fights, these pranks, they, they get more and more elaborate to the point where they're, you're cutting each other's dresses and shaving each other's, or cutting their hair. I can't remember all the details, but basically it gets to the point where it's an all-out brawl, and the camp director goes, okay, girls, let the punishment fit the crime. And you're like, wait, what's going? On? What are they going to do? And the camp director has the two girls takes them off to a secluded part of the camp, and goes, okay, you're, um, you guys are going to be roommates, and that's the punishment for them fighting, which was perfect because that was, it was actually a great solution to the problem, but it was also yeah. She's like, either you're, you guys are going to learn to get along, or you're going to kill each other, <laughs> or it's going to be a real long summer for you. Yeah, it's exactly. It's going to be a real long camp here for you. Yeah. Uh, so, so it was just, it was a very fitting. I guess that would be the term. A very fitting logical consequence for their very poor behavior. Well, of course, that's a movie, but there was actually a... Recently, I watched a video with a judge. Fontaine, I know you've complained in the past where you look at our judicial system, and one of your complaints has always been, why do we have these extreme punishments where we have people locked up in jail you know, for such a long time? You want the punishments to be effective, but brief, you know, if it's the, if it's so bad, you have to lock them up forever. No, no, go, no. I'm, um, I'm shaking my head because I'm like, I don't understand that. It does, oh, those types of punishments are not. Yeah, effective. you're like, it's it, the goal is to reform people and get them back into society, not to ruin their lives. But that's what we end up doing. And yeah. these these, ex, these extreme long. Uh, yeah, just I don't like it. It bothers me a lot. Yeah, and so the other day... Not that I'm into, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm not into to uh, reform reforming oh, oh, well, the judicial system, it, well, but no, it, we, it, do, we do need to take a look at that. Where, you know, somebody commits a crime and all of a sudden they're no longer employable, they're no longer, mm-hmm. uh, their whole life is ruined. They're done, uh, yeah, they're, it, yep. it, and so it ends up being they're a now little, a, They're labeled a criminal the rest of their lives and it's like, and what good did it do? They're Now they're... Now they're even more angry at society, more likely to continue doing crimes. And, and yeah, crimes and they and were locked up with a bunch of other people. Other criminals. Were, yeah, and so it's like, hmm, is this really working? And so one way to show that it's not working is to look at the recidivness rate. And the recidivness rate is how often you have repeat offenders, people who commit a crime 
and they serve their time, they get their punishment, and then they're back in there again getting the second punishment and the third and the fourth. And so when you have a very high recidivness rate, you have to look at that and go, okay, so something we're doing isn't isn't Did- working. This isn't actually effective. And so what was what was funny is um, this last month you were on Fontaine, you were on the computer and you found a judge, the story about a judge who who ran things a little differently. Well, I thought this was really cool. So going back to this whole the parent trap and the camp director sticking these two girls into the same unit, kind of like as the, the let the punishment fit the crime. Well, this judge has taken that kind of to heart, and I don't know what his inspiration is for it. it. Maybe it's the movie or maybe it's something else, but he's like, ah, maybe we should let the punishment fit the crime as well. So he came up with these, like, uh, I'll give a couple of examples of some of his uh, judgments here. One was a, and, and this is just about w- when he's implementing the, the sentence for, oh, the, for the crime. Name? His, his, name, ch- his name is Judge Chickenetti. Chicken, Chickenetti. Yeah, uh, I think it's Chickenetti. Ju- Judge Chickenetti. One lady left her dog, uh, no food, no water, in this complete dump of a house. Like it, just living up, basically having to eat garbage and being filthy and flea ridden and, and t- totally neglected the dog. And the judge, and I, I think the cruelty to animals statute was like 30 days in jail for this woman. And the judge is like, okay, we'll tell you what, you can either do 30 days in jail or, and this was the really clever part, he goes, or you can go to the dump and help clean up the dump for a day. Which would you rather do? To kind of put you put you in the same shoes as your dog where yeah, he was living in filth. Yeah, you think about it. Yeah, so you're going to help clean up filth. It's kind of a, a, a this logical consequence that he was attaching, and the lady was overjoyed. She's like, "Oh, I'll take the dump. I'll go to the dump. I don't. First of all, if I go to jail for thirty days, I'm going to lose my job because I can't work, and then I'm going to be labeled as a criminal, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. She's like, "Oh, I'll do the dump," and she shows up at the dump, and she's out there, and it's nasty. She's out there cleaning up the 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 public. What's it called? The the public waste, whatever management people are out there. Working with her, putting her, putting her to work, saying, "Okay, here's your area to clean up." And she's out there all day, nasty, you know, that on her gloves, and was out there cleaning up nasty filth. But she learned her lesson. Another example, another example from this judge was a, a, a guy stole a bike, just a stupid mistake, and got convicted of it. And the judge is sentencing him, and he's like, "Okay, well, you can do sixty days in jail for uh, for theft, or." You can ride this very bike that you stole on behalf of a local charity in the local parade. And the kid who stole the bike is like, oh, I'll, I'll do the charity. And the owner of the bike who had been stolen from is like, oh, that's a great idea. So this, the, the judge had turned something really negative and used it to be a positive thing for this young man and for the community. Yeah, where- and, and he was like, yeah, it, it, his, the kid's commentary as he was doing it, he's like, it made me realize I could be doing something better for my community. That I could be contributing in ways that rather than I taking could do better than this. It was brilliant. Rather than taking from the community, he was literally giving back to the community, and that's kind of the brilliance of the judge's uh, uh, sentence here. And then the third, the third example was he. Uh, there was a girl who uh, took a cab ride and then stiffed the cab driver, refused to pay, and ran away or whatever. And she got caught and convicted. And the judge is like, okay, it's 30 days in jail. Or what would you have done if you couldn't get a cab, take a cab? And the girl's like, oh, I probably would have just walked. And the judge goes, okay, well, that's going to be your punishment. 
you're going to have to walk 30 miles. Either either you go to jail for 30 days or you walk 30 miles. And the girl's like, oh, I'll walk 30 miles. No problem. <laughs> it was neat because here she was using a cab to avoid having to walk, but then abused that privilege. And then, so the judge is like, oh, well, here's an appropriate consequence. Here's a great logical consequence. Let's remind you what it feels like to walk and to walk everywhere for 30 miles. And the, and the interesting thing about each one of these stories is all three of the people, the lady who, who abused her dog, the guy who stole the bike, and the girl who stiffed the cab driver, all three of them were extremely grateful for not having to go to jail. They all liked, <laughs> they liked that punishment rather than, they liked their unique punishments way more than the prescribed punishment by the law. It was very interesting to me where none of them were upset about it. As a matter of fact, it was cool because then they were looking at the this program I was watching. They looked at the, as you were talking about, Hannah, the recidivism rate. The national rate for repeat offenders is 75%. Meaning for every f- four criminals that get convicted and put into jail or whatever, three of them are going to go back and commit another crime. Three out of four criminals or three out of four people are going to go back and repeat um, a criminal offense. But with this judge, his repeat offender rate is 10%. So the national average is 75. Judge Ticinetti is 10%. Like, so clearly what he's doing is very effective. And it's, it's basically the idea is customizing consequences. Yeah, Customi- and and customizing it, punishments. Giving them just enough of a consequence to help them think about it again in the future or make them think twice before yeah. doing the, well obviously it's working he cut the the recidivism rate down by what 65 percent that that's significant so I, I we kind of you know, brainstormed a little bit and came up with what it's not a complete list but here are seven principles for crafting effective consequences uh and here they are uh the idea that one size doesn't fit all Number two, uh, this applies for positive as well as negative consequences. Number three, let the consequences match the behavior. Number four, uh, be kind or merciful. You know, no cruel or unusual punishments. Number five, these things need to be mutually agreed upon and mutually respectful. Number six, typically they need to be short. And we're talking hours or minutes, not uh, minutes and hours, not days or weeks. And number seven, the, the end goal, and this I guess we need to keep this in mind over everything, is the end goal is to encourage healthy behavior and habits. Because at the end of the day, that's what makes people happy. That's what gives people confidence is making, making those choices and making correct choices based off of what they know. So let's just break that down a little bit, Hannah. Number one, one the, the first principle we had for cra- crafting effective consequences was one size does not fit all. The idea is, and I think that's part of, part of the problem with our current legal system is it, it, there's basically a generic prescription. If you do this, you get three days in jail. If you do that, you get five days in jail. If you do this, it's an $80 fine. If you do this, it's a $100 fine. But because it's so generic, like part of the problem is, oh, well, if I'm extremely poor and I get a $100 fine, that's devastating. But if I'm rich and I get a $100 fine, yeah, who cares? It would be a lot more effective if the the punishments were uh, how would you but not not age appropriate but maybe uh, situation appropriate. 
So and, for, and judges have that leeway as a, as demonstrated by Judge Chickenetti, yeah. where they they can, but it takes a little bit more work and thought to craft something. But the end result like is that. great. Yeah, and, but it's a more effective to look at that person and their situation, and you know, is that really a good idea to? You know, do something that's going to make it so then they're also out of a job and... Yeah, the punishment, yeah. Is, the punishment is actually worse than the crime. Yeah. A lot of times where you're basically, for some of these people who've done something bad, maybe they stole a car and, you know, and they crashed it or, you know, maybe they hurt somebody along the way. That's a horrible crime, right? Somebody steals a car, evades the police, accidentally runs into somebody and, and you know, breaks their leg. And that's a, that's a bad thing. And that person ends up doing, I don't know, seven years in jail or prison. And they come out. Their life is is essentially over. They're, they're, they're a felon. They've lost seven years of their life. They're not reformed. They All their friends and all their associations are fellow prisoners. Like, you've, you've not done them a service by giving them these long punishments. So uh, it would be, it would have been better maybe to have them, oh, you need to volunteer at the <laughs> you need to be a professional driver uh, teaching kids how to drive safely and you know that's going to be your it's going to be your court appointed job and you're going to this is what you're going to do for you know 2 years what you know it would have been more effective for them to change that around a little bit so but the idea is one size does not fit all, all not all punishments fit everybody for with your kids for example you want to customize for the individual situation but also for the individual personality because what, what works for one kid won't necessarily work for another. You know, oh, sending your kid to their room, that may be exactly what they want. Whereas another kid, you know, well, you can't go to this activity. They're like, oh, good, because I hate going out. Where it's not, a, it's not a consequence for that kid, but for another kid, you're like, okay, you can't go to the party. And they're like, no, it's the end of the world. You're destroying my life. That would be an effective punishment. Sending that kid to their room, they're like, no, but I was busy. I was going to go to the park and blah, 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 blah. And that would be a pun- an appropriate punishment. So it, it depends on the kid and the situation and the personality. So that's number one. One size does not fit all. Principle number two when it comes to crafting these effective consequences is this applies to positive and negative. Remember, money pants is all about, po- all about positive consequences. We focus so much on positive consequences with quick points and payday and mastery and, and compliments and always a reward, reward, reward. We, we have that one little thing we call it a fee, but most of the time the best consequences in money pants are the, the lack of a privilege or the, the lack of pay. Well, and as we explained in previous podcasts, when you offer kids rewards, they tend to go above and beyond your expectations, whereas if you're constantly trying to motivate them with punishments, they tend to do just enough to stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. And so it's... A, it's it, typically way more effective if if you're worried about bad behavior or something like that to place a reward in place for yeah you gotta want to have behavior. that set up reward yeah because yeah. then they're they're striving to go above and beyond and impress you as opposed to just backing it off just enough yeah. so they can so rewards are way more effective at motivating positive behavior than punishments. Yeah, and so that's why we emphasize that with money pants and try to make that the focus is what rewards are you setting up. But there are times where you do need to administer a punishment because kids are people who make bad decisions sometimes. That's yeah. all. 
And when when we talked about Brandon McMullen, uh, when he's uh, training his pets, uh, that's a, he was the same way where he'd focus on rewards, rewards, rewards. But he was also in his course, he showed that when when he was training dogs, when they did something wrong, like they let's say a puppy was chewing on a toy, he'd give them a quick reprimand and then redirect them to what Love they that. could do. Love that concept. And so Karen. that's that's kind of uh, always the image uh, or, or the thought you should have in mind. Punishments, quick and then a, a redirect to what you're supposed to be and doing. And we'll talk about that in a second. But um, the idea is that these ideas of, of crafting kind of custom consequences can go both ways, both positive and negative. And, you know, we mentioned all these positive ones that we use. There are times where you have to craft, you know, negative consequences, just like, you know, the judge, where he was disappointed in the decisions that people had made. They, they'd been convicted. So he's like, okay, but what can we do? What sort of thing can we craft for you? And that's going to be a negative thing. Yeah. It, it, and, and there have to be negative consequences because there are boundaries. Yeah. And as we just said in our previous podcast, there are natural consequences to every decision that you make. And unfortunately, the negative natural consequences tend to be very harsh and yeah. sometimes uh, very permanent. And so by you crafting negative consequences, it, it creates that uh, a boundary and it also protects from the actual natural consequences. And so that's that's why you, you do that as a parent. That's why you have things like that in place. And just real quick, some negative, some examples of negative consequences would be you know, as we mentioned, a loss of privileges or a spanking or taking a toy away or uh, collecting a, a monetary fee or something like that. Those are those are examples of negatives. OK. And that's number two. That That's the second principle. Out. Yeah. Time out. That's the second principle. A loss of freedom. Um, that, so that's the second principle of, you know, crafting these custom consequences, effective consequences is to, you know, it goes both ways, positive and negative. The third principle is you want to let the consequence match the behavior. And we kind of talked about that with the, the parent trap, which I think is great. You know, the girls were fighting at each other's throats. Hey, you know what? Here's the consequence. You guys are going to be roommates. And either you guys are going to learn to get along or you're going to have a miserable summer. I liked how you put that, Anna. So, but here's the problem is a lot of times we, we, we kind of have a tendency to go overboard maybe where, and, and this is the key is where, if a kid, you know, maybe they leave the, be- the the toilet seat up and it's a family where you can't leave the toilet seat up and you're like, okay, well, you're going to have to clean this bathroom for a year. Well, that's not really a, a, an appropriate consequence for this minor infraction. The co- It's like a, a criminal who steals a candy bar and it's like, okay, death penalty. Um, No, that that's, that's a little extreme. Let's maybe have him repay the candy bar and work in the store for a day stocking shelves. Like, like that would be a more appropriate consequence the, we, so we want to avoid these extremes. Um, or speaking of stealing, another example of, you know, a kid steals, this is extreme, where a kid steals a dollar from their siblings and they have to pay them back a hundred. Well, that that's kind of extreme. It's that that just engenders this, this resentment of whoever's in authority and administering these consequences. Um, well, I think a better example would be, I heard this story a long time ago, where a mom had three, I think three or four kids, and she sent them all out to go pick blueberries because she was going to make blueberry pie for each one of them. They were going to each have their own blueberry pie. And she sent them out each with a basket, and they were supposed to go out, pick blueberries, put them in the basket, come home, and that would be their their blueberry pie. And off the kids went. And 
Three of the kids went off, dutifully filled their baskets, but the fourth kid was having too much fun chasing butterflies, going to the creek and catching frogs and splashing in the water and goofing around. And, you know, he picked a blueberry here and there, but all of a sudden the mom says, all right, everybody come on in. And he realized he hadn't picked the blueberries. So he quickly picked as many blueberries as he could in his basket only had like maybe a few blueberries in there. And so instead what he did is he grabbed a bunch of leaves, put them in the bottom of the basket and then covered the top with a, a layer of blueberries. So it looked like, He'd been super busy picking blueberries like his siblings. And he gets back home, and, and the mom collects all the baskets. Oh, the Johnny, this is yours. Sally, this is yours. Benji, okay, great, thank you. And I'll have your pies ready after dinner. And after dinner, the mom has these delicious blueberry pies. She puts them in front of each one of the children. The other kids cut into their pies. Oh, so yummy, and blueberries, and it's delicious. And the one kid who had filled his basket with leaves cuts into his pie, and guess what's in the pie? There's a big pie full of leaves. I mean, that's just what a great, what a great lesson the mom taught the son, where he, it was a, a logical consequence to his actions. And that, but it was very fitting and it was not a surprise to him because he knew he had done wrong. He didn't follow directions, didn't do what he was supposed to, and he's reaping what he sowed. And it was, I think that's just such a great example of this concept of letting the consequences match or line up with or be in line with the behavior. So, and you know, Hannah, we had this experience a long time ago where we caught our kids. They, we, we have very strict rules when it comes to media. And mom and dad, you and I, Hannah, we're in charge of all the media in the home, music, movies, TV shows, all that. And we caught the kids watching TV without permission. Yeah, they were waking up early, like at six in the morning, turning on the TV and And watching cartoons and movies. And and I I will admit, Hannah, I was Mm. tempted to smash the TV, (laughs) but I didn't. Cooler heads prevailed, and I went, oh, okay, you guys are going to watch TV without permission? No TV for two weeks. And I took the TV, and it was a huge TV, and I turned it around because, you know, the kids couldn't move it. They were all young. I turned the TV around. It faced the wall. And that solved the problem, which is a very appropriate consequence for the actions. I didn't say, I didn't take the TV and throw it out the window. I just said, oh, nope, we'll just turn it around and no TV for two weeks. Like, that that was the idea. Now, the only funny thing about that was after the two weeks, I'm like, oh, I actually wish we didn't have a TV. Because it actually was, it was glorious. It was actually pretty nice. It's a good experiment but, to do. Turn the TV around in your home for two weeks. Okay, so that's number three. Let the consequence match the behavior. Number four, the fourth principle is of you gotta remember to keep it kind and merciful. And so this specifically excludes any uh, cruel or unusual punishments. No cruel or unusual punishments. Um, and so th- the reason we bring this up is because one time my husband and I, when we were younger parents, we listened to a, a parenting course where the person was talking about creating consequences. And uh, they were talking about this concept of making the punishment fit the crime, mm-hmm. only the punishments were kind of extreme and over over the top. It, it was funny to listen to. Um, it was humorous, but it was... Well, no, you were listening going, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah I'm like, oh. oh that'll teach them. <laughs> yeah, that'll teach them. Um, so it, it, it's suggesting things like, hey, if your kids leave 
their clothes out all the time and you've you know instead of nagging the kids just go nail gun them to the to the floor the kid the, the clothes not the yeah, kids the cl- oh sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's be clear the, here the, the clothes to the floor and you know as they you know they'll be prying up their clothes and and you know for hours and and that'll that'll teach them you that'll know? teach them the lesson you better pick you your know, clothes up and, off the floor or i'll nail gun them down there yeah if your kids don't make the bed you know go take their mattress and get you know, store it up in the the garage, and and that'll teach them. Hey, you better make your bed, or, or you're gonna lose your mattress. But in that same vein, it's like the idea of oh, you know, if a kid doesn't change the diaper, you know, they maybe they have a, an assignment to change their younger sibling's diaper, and they don't do it. You you take that diaper and you make that kid wear it on their head. It's like ah, uh, you've kind of gone. You kind of crossed far. a line, or you know, if a kid doesn't sweep the floor, you make them lick the floor clean. Where it's like yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the the punishment is related, but it's not kind. So, and it, so it, it's it's kind of missing the point and it's a little extreme. So, we noticed that Judge Ticanetti when he would choose the consequences for people, he he wouldn't do something that was uh he always had them do something that was actually reasonable like and that productive. was it was productive. And it's something that you could hire somebody to do, mm-hmm. basically. It wasn't something that was like outlandish, like an outlandish punishment that would actually cause them any harm or... Exactly. Yeah, it, it was something it, 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 productive. What, and that's the thing is it, this other this other person who was making these types of, I would say, kind of extreme suggestions, it, was, it actually kind of seemed vindictive or spiteful, like, I'm mad at you, so I'm going to punish you. And it, it ended up, you or know, humiliate, or yeah, humiliate, I... or humiliate you. Yeah, exactly. Where instead it was, and, and it engendered a power struggle. And sometimes it was even harmful. You'd ruin the kids' clothes, or you'd, you'd, I don't know. It just, or, or you'd, I, you could get, make them sick by making them lick the floor, or what. It just wasn't okay. And of course, it engenders resentment. So we want to kind of avoid those things. Where, and also we want to avoid these long punishments like yeah, grounding for th- for three months it's like what what's the point of that where we're, we're all about behavior modification uh, you, not punishment yeah we're, it's about you want to them to do something that's productive you want to do basically redirect it's a, Hannah, it's a redirect. I love that term it's a redirect a quick it's a nope don't do this do this instead so and that kind of leads into the fifth principle which is the these consequences need to be mutually agreed upon. And again, remember, these consequences, when you're crafting these, they can be positive or negative. Either way, though, they should be mutually agreed upon. And when you're doing these positive consequences, these are the things, when you get your kids input on this, and you say, okay, if you do this, you know, and we use the accordion example. Okay, well, in our family, everybody learns the accordion, and the kid hates the accordion because everybody hates the accordion, but it's a family tradition. And when you're like, okay, well, grandma, great-grandma, in order for you to get the inheritance, you got to learn the accordion. So here you go. If you get to level five with Miss Studemeister on your accordion lessons, what would what would that be worth to you? And the kid's like, I want an all-expense-paid trip to go to Disneyland. And you're like, okay, that's it. That's what we're going to do. And so you learn what your kids, like we call them hot buttons, where when you're setting up these rewards, you find out what your kids yeah, really w- want. Yeah, what's actually important to them because that – you know, if if they're trying to work on something or accomplish something, you want to make sure that you're communicating with them 
and and taking the time to find out well what's actually a meaningful reward to you because otherwise yeah there what's we found that when we're crafting rewards, what's a reward to one person could be a punishment to someone else. For example, if I say, I'll let you go shopping, some of my kids would say, oh, really? I would love to go shopping. And others would go, I don't have time for that. I hate shopping. You know, that's actually not a reward for me. That's like drudgery for me. Yeah. So with setting up that reward for that person you don't actually understand that person. So that's one of the, with the talking with your kids about the rewards, it's important to understand them and actually what's a reward for them. Yep. And it's not going to be the same as for your next child. And we'll touch on that more here in a minute. But the idea is for for punishments and rewards to be mutually agreed upon. And the reason why is because you'll have a much higher chance of success of, of not damaging the relationship where when when the child has agreed to, okay, yeah, I did such and such, I'm going to go sweep the porch or I'm going to clean a wall or I'm going to scrub the floor. Okay, I accept that that's what we, we already talked about this. And all of a sudden it's no longer mom and dad are these horrible taskmasters, you know, punishing children all the time. It's the kids are like, yeah, I messed up and that's a fair consequence. So this idea of, it's almost like a sense of mutual respect of mom and dad, unfortunately, hey, uh, little Johnny, you you broke this rule, you smashed all the eggs, so you got to clean the fridge. And Johnny goes, yeah, that's fair. It The idea, is, and, and a, another clever idea is, if you're short on ideas, maybe ask the kid what they think the consequence should be, what the punishment should be. <laughs> so... And that's number five, is to just make sure that there's this mutual respect and that the, the consequences and re- the, the punishments and the rewards are mutually agreed upon because they're way more effective that way. Number six, principle number six for crafting these effective consequences is to keep the punishments short. And we touched on this already, but Hannah, punishments should be, you know, five to 10 minutes, not days or hours. Like that, because, and, and I, I remember when I was a kid, I got, so I did something wrong, I think, and I got I had to sit on the couch for three days. That was my punishment. To this day, I have no idea what I did wrong. And I don't even think I, re- I don't remember even knowing what I did wrong at the time, let alone two days into it, where I was like, oh, I guess I'm just on the couch. Like, and I just I remember thinking, why am I here? And what's the problem? And my parent my parental units are kind of jerks. Like that was the mentality I had because I, I, the punishment was way too long for whatever it was, whatever infraction they seemed to to have, have come up with. Interestingly, I asked my father years later about that experience, why I had to sit on the couch for three days. <laughs> you know what his response was? I don't remember. After three... After three days, he actually admitted that he couldn't remember why we were on the couch. So punishments should be short. Remember, we're, we're all about uh, behavior modification, that, that quick uh, redirect, Hannah, where, okay, that was wrong. Do this instead. So, And because that's the thing. Kids forget after just a few minutes what they got in trouble for, let, a, let alone a few days. And then, again, that, so that's number six. You know, Keep punishments short. Principle number seven, the end goal is to encourage healthy behavior and habits. Where all these, when you're crafting these, and I love that term crafting, because you can get real creative. 
whether it's a punishment or a reward, you can get super creative with your kids. And the end goal, Hannah, is to help them develop their superpowers and become the true them that they're supposed to be. That's the whole goal. The whole idea behind the money pants philosophy and, and, and punishments and consequences and all this stuff is to help the kids become who they can and should be. That reminds me of like one time I was working with a kid who had a problem taking things that didn't belong to them. And like they take their siblings things and use their siblings things and, you know, and the, their siblings would say, hey, you know what, so-and-so keeps using my stuff and um, it's really bothering me and, you know, that it was against the family rules mm-hmm. and I kept punishing this child for doing this. And finally I realized, you know what, the, the kid's feeling really bad about themselves. This is actually a problem they want to get well from. Yeah, they didn't like that They about didn't themselves. like it. They were embarrassed about it. So I sat down with them and I said, okay, what can we do? You can't do this. And there has to be a consequence they, they for it. They knew that though. They, they're like, yes, I don't want to, but I and, and Yeah, and I know you don't want to do this anymore. And they didn't. They, it was embarrassing to them and frustrating to them. And so I said, okay, we talked about it and we finally came up with the resolution that... If they did that, you know, they'd have to pay the consequence for whatever. But the consequence specifically for that kid was they would then have to go buy the thing for themselves. So if they had taken the, a, a person's belt or they had used their lotion or they had whatever, they would have to go and buy themselves a belt that, you know, that color, or they would have to go buy themselves the lotion. And, and so the, it was to help them realize, no, look, if I want something, I need, I have the money, I need to go buy it. And, uh, you know, or, and so that's that a really was, clever consequence, Hannah. Yeah. And so we talked about it and we were like in agreement that that consequence would be helpful. And, and, and so then when I implemented the consequence, it wasn't, Hey, I'm trying to punish you. It was, Hey, this is to help, help you uh, learn to do this. And it's not designed to punish. It's, it's designed to help you succeed and, and to overcome this anyway. So, so yeah, you have to ha- keep that in mind that that's what the goal is. The goal isn't to think of worse and worse punishments and ways you can torture people. The idea is to help them get on their feet and actually be successful in the future. Exactly. So, and so that's it. Those are kind of the seven principles of crafting effective consequences, you know, making sure you, you customize them for the individual. You can apply this for positive and negative. Uh, number three, you know, make sure the consequence matches the behavior. Number four, be keep it kind and merciful, you know, no cruel and unusual punishments. Number five, make sure that everybody's uh, mutually respectful and, and, and agrees upon the consequences. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here. Uh, number six, keep the punishment short. And number seven, you know, the end goal is to encourage those those healthy habits and, and, and behavior. Well, Money Pants, we have a great tool, and that is the, the fee, where when somebody does something wrong, whether it's lighting, uh, lying, fighting, using bad language, breaking family rules, uh, where you can ju- or disobedience, you can give them a fee. And it's, it's cool when you give them a fee the first time. And we have, you know, a podcast about this already, about how to use the fees. But, you know, the first time they have an infraction for that day, it's, you know, in our family, it's a dollar. And then the second time, it's $2. And then the third time, you know, three strikes, you're out, but it's $4. So they're, they've now paid $7. And in our family, that's about a half a week's pay. So that's, that's pretty steep. 
and and then you know they're off. They, they lose privileges for the rest of the day. They're done. That, that's that's how fees work. Just to kind of give a quick recap. But after listening to this Judge Chickenetti, I realized that there are alternatives to giving fees. That you know maybe and and you know, I'm, the fees are great, and those are always like our go to. Like if that's like our 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 base, but we have alternatives. So the idea is, um, and so this next little section, I just want to talk about how to implement crafting these custom consequences. And Hannah, you you had some, I thought, very insightful ideas on, because these are things I didn't think about, but ideas on why Judge Chickenetti is so much more effective than me as a dad sometimes, where... I don't know. Go ahead. Um, well, I thought about some of the things that were the same between us and Judge Chickenetti in that the law has certain punishments mm-hmm. attached where, okay, you do this crime, uh, you know, is uh, 60 days in jail or a minimum of this, a maximum of this. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, that's similar to our fee structure. But as he proved, having this second choice for people was more effective. But I, as I thought about him and his position as the judge, I started thinking about how his position was different than my position. And one of the things I realized is that he has an advantage over me as a parent, Judge Chickenetti. And the reason, the main thing is he's impartial. Whereas when my kids do something wrong, and they commit a crime at home, (laughs) usually that offense is against either me or one of my children. And so it's very personal. Right. And a lot, it's very difficult not to take it personally, not to get riled up myself. Whereas Judge Chickenetti, he's not, he's not sucked into it. He's, he's, well, not, he's not the victim. He's not emotionally. Yeah. He's not the victim of the crimes that he's judging. Mm-hmm. And so he's not, you know, overcome with emotion or, or something like that. Whereas when you're the parent, the, the frustration or, it's you always a lot of times are the victim of the crime that happened so that was my vase that was my you know <laughs> my car. those were the cookies that i baked or that what you know i don't know so it's so he's impartial but, so but, but also, when my kids do something wrong sometimes i'm seeing red right and i'm i'm so emotionally upset i can't think of something nice or clever all i can think is you know, I want to strangle that kid. Well, okay, no. Um, you know, and I can't even think of what we talked about in family council or what I heard or or whatever because I'm so upset. I can't remember. And so... Well, no, so, so not only is he not the victim, but also the crime didn't just happen. Right, so, right. It, things have, have calmed down. In his courtroom, you know, it, it's been at least a couple days since the thing happened, more likely a longer period. Yeah. And maybe months, weeks or months, you know, where people have had time to cool down or think about it or, and and so, yeah, everything's cooled down a bit and it's not the moment and it's not the heat of the moment. Right. And and so that's also, that's also an advantage that he has. And so, like I said, when things happen and I'm supposed to deal with it, a lot of times I'm having, I'm struggling with not being upset myself. And uh, oh, no, also, okay. he's in a courtroom. 
He's sitting there in a courtroom and it's air conditioned and he has bodyguards and and <laughs> there's, no, and, there's no fear and, of retaliation. Yeah, there's no yeah, it, it things are calm. He's had lunch, he's had <laughs> breakfast. You know, not only that, he gets to go home at the end of the day. You know, he clocks out at five or four, depending on where he lives. And so, as a parent, you don't have those luxuries. That's not your situation at all. And also, you know, you're not getting paid for (laughs) coming up with this. Isn't a job that you like? You know, you're like, oh, I, I, I'd like to, I'd like to do that for a career. Yeah. So, So, but that, but so that's the problem, Hannah. is, Is you can't, you can't. Like you said, when you, when something's bad happening, you know, little Johnny's just slapped little Sally again, and now she's, you know, her face is all red, and Johnny's all, and they're fighting again, they're screaming, and you're supposed to be making dinner, and you're just like, oh my Everybody's gosh. Everybody's hungry, you're hungry. And, and you, you can't implement punishments when you're upset. You can't do it. Yeah, it, because it's a bad time. Th- that's when I yell or threaten, or and I can't remember what the heck I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be doing in this situation. And all I can think is punish, punish, punish. Ah! You know, I've had it with you. That's all I can think. Put all the kids in jail. So uh, with that said, I think that's where wait wait until your dad gets home comes to play. (laughs) Because you're like, why do moms do that? Why do they say, you know what? You wait till your dad comes home. That's actually, I realized as an adult, that's actually a mercy rule. Wait until your dad comes home. Because when dad comes home, he's not upset. And he's, there's been some time. He's been, well, it, what didn't happen to him? It didn't happen to him. He wasn't there. <laughs> there's um, been some time that's passed. Yeah, yeah, he's able to take it more with a grain of salt. Not He's able to be more of a judge uh, chickenetti. Yeah. And so if you have that ability to wait until dad comes home. But you know what? If you're a single parent or dad's out of town or, or, or dad's under a lot of stress or whatever, and that's not an option, then one thing that I found is it helps for me to drink a tall glass of water. For some reason, drinking a tall glass of water and eat just a little something, tall glass of water, eat a little something, and give yourself 10 minutes in your room. Okay, so, here, so here's the process. 10 minutes in if- your room. Send everybody to their rooms. Take 10 minutes before you deal with it. Here's the process, Hannah. We're not like Judge Chickenetti. We're not impartial. Uh, the, the crime has just happened. And, and we're not, maybe, maybe it, it, we're on a road trip or you know, we're out and about doing shopping or we're not in an air-conditioned courtroom with bodyguards. So here's the process. When, as the parents, when we don't have that ability to be this calm, cool, collected judge sitting on a bench, like you said, the first thing I think would be, okay, well, you know what? We're going to wait till your dad, dad dad gets home. You know, we, we kick that can down the road. That helps. But another thing is, like you said, drink. Just take and take a step back. Take care of yourself, a little self-care. Maybe do the, I, I've heard this before where, you know, like count to 10. Um, send the kid away or you go away or both. That way you don't end up strangling your little child because... Yeah, and and sometimes it, you don't it, want to. <laughs> it it works. It's really hard to do because you're really upset at the person, but you can offer them a reward to go away. <laughs> if you go to your room right now, I'll give you points. Yep. Time out. Hey, Ten if minutes. If you drink a glass of water, I will give you points and you yep. points. And it works. If, yeah, it works. But it's, it's weird. Re- it's really hard to do. It's a very mature thing to do, <laughs> but but that helps. Um, what doesn't help is to threaten 
like threaten more punishment. No, that just at escalates that time. it. That, just you want to you want to de-escalate. So these are de-escalation if, techniques. If everybody does this right now. Yep. Get to, drinks a glass of water. You will get points, and if you go to your room for the next ten minutes, you will get points mm-hmm. until I call you out. Yep. Okay. So, and the idea, and that's just it, and then only for a few minutes. Ten minutes go by. You've calmed down. Then you call the kids out and say, "Okay, well, here's the deal. This is going to be what the punishment is, and it may be the same. Oh, wait till your dad gets home. Or yeah. It, now you had this experience well, though, and, Hannah. And I, when, I, well, I like if I couldn't read. Back when I was young, and we, we didn't have our family rules written down, that was a mistake because I need things. When I'm upset, I have to have things written down because my mind cannot remember what I was supposed to do in this sort of situation. So if it's not written down, I I, I can't remember it when I'm upset. And so if that's the situation and you're in that situation, I would call or text my husband and say, what am I supposed to do? What, what, what? <laughs> and for some reason, um, being a disinterested third party, Hannah, who wasn't involved, I was able to go, oh, well, this is what needs to happen. And you would go, oh, of course. Okay. And I felt so wise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just, it just helped. And it probably What helped is the fact that I wasn't my- there. <laughs> Saved some of my children. So anyway, so so yeah. And if you know, maybe call your mother or your someone, someone like that. Just say someone I'm who's so not mad. involved. Yeah. yeah, but but who you who you can trust like that. Anyway, so but the next thing I was thinking about was with this whole concept of uh, that Judge Chickenetti presented, where he offered them alternatives. Well, I thought of how I was raised. If I fought or teased and was causing trouble for my mom and was disobedient, um, we had it in our family rules that certain offenses were a 15-minute timeout. You sat against the wall for 15 minutes, and my mom would set a timer, and you would sit for 15 minutes. And if it was a really bad offense, it was 30 minutes, and that was the maximum offense. And you would have to sit against the wall for that time period. Mm -hmm. If you moved from the wall, 15 minutes would be added added to your time. And so the nice thing about that is it quieted everything down. And so it actually helped my mom because when people were sitting against the wall quietly, it helped her calm down as well. And it certainly gave you time to think about things. And it was really boring. It was very torturous. Well, no, for a six-year-old, that's an eternity. Yeah. And I feel like I spent a lot of time sitting against the wall (laughs) as a child. So, and you know, you'd be like braiding the carpet hairs and, you know, chipping the paint off of the, the, the floorboards with your fingernails. And I don't know. It, it, so as an adult, I thought, well, hey, you know what? Instead of having them sit against the wall, what if I had them clean the wall? Because I started, you know, I did that once. I had the kids against the wall and it got me looking at the wall and how dirty the wall was. And I thought, you know, it was so boring sitting there against the wall. Maybe it would be better to have them do something productive like clean the wall. And so uh, for a while I did that and I really liked it because for once in my life, the walls in my house were clean. (laughs) And so I wasn't like so upset when the kids were fighting. I'm like, okay, what wall? (gasps) That wall needs to be clean. And it was kind of like, okay, you get to clean that wall. Ooh, that door needs to be wiped down. And and so it it helped me calm down even more because I'm Mm -hmm. like, not only are they quietly working, but they're, it's actually making 
making the house look more beautiful. And I liked that. But I, of course, had a child who was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So they've already gotten in trouble. They've already already gotten in trouble, trouble, already pushed my buttons. And they're refusing Um, to participate in the punishment for the trouble that he got into before. Yeah. And here's the deal. You can't make people do things. You, You can't. You can't force somebody to do things. And so what I th- what I realized as I, I analyzed Judge Chickenetti's success is he had a backup. He had the law of, well, you're going to jail for, for yep. two months. Well, with money pants, our jail is the fee. And so what we found... It's a predetermined... It's, it's a predetermined... Punishment. It's a predetermined... Every, everybody uh, knows what it punishment. is. Everybody knows what everybody it is. Everybody knows what yep. it is. And so in our family, if you get even one fee during the week, not only does it cost you money, but you also miss out on movie night, Friday or, night. Or game night. Or game night. And so... That's a big deal So nobody wants to. Nobody wants to get a fee because it's not just the money, it's also the privilege. Right. And so getting a fee, they definitely, it's, it's like jail time to them. It's the equivalent of jail time. So what we found is that works better is to do what Judge Chickenetti says and says, okay, that's disobedience. I already asked you not to touch that or to do that. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it again. Okay, you have a choice. You can either pay a fee or... You can clean this wall. Which do you choose? <gasps> can I clean the wall? We're talking like fifteen yeah. minutes of yeah. cleaning, or or a wiping dollar. down the wall, or a dollar, and no movie night. It's your choice. And so I found fa- I found that the wall gets cleaned, and they're grateful to clean the wall, just like Chicken just like Chickenetti's yeah. situation. But I have the backup of the fee. So if they're just like, you know, out of control, and they're like, I'm not doing anything. Okay, well, it is going to be a fee and you will be missing movie night, then, mm-hmm. you know. And so I have that as like the backup. The only thing that I realized it didn't actually, for some reason, if there's an offense like hitting where somebody hurts somebody else, I found like with hurting and fighting, it's it, sometimes I feel... I feel like you have to go straight for the fee if yeah. it's a if it's a worse if it's a more serious thing but but even so I started I started trying trying this out and keep in mind this is new we just heard of judge uh Chickenetti and yeah. and so we're trying this out right now but, um, but so far it's it's been pretty effective I the jury is still out no pun intended on how effective it is offering the kids this alternative to a fee and as you said, Hannah, we've discovered real quick that fighting and hitting, that that offering an alternative was not effective. Yeah, because Because it before, taught the kids that they could get away with fighting and there wouldn't be a fee. So we, we decided, you know what, for those offenses, it's, it's a fee no matter what. Yeah, because but, we found that what happened is they started, for some reason, it didn't work well with that. And I, I don't know why, but it, it didn't. But for the other um, things, it's actually been pretty effective. Yeah. Where, and so... Well, some things that I have tried, for example, I have one son who gets real emotional and uh, he's not, he's not that old, but he tends to, you know, lose his temper with his siblings. And so, so I, this, this keeps happening. And so I said, okay, look, instead of a fee, 
I'm going to have you write out the five steps for peacemaking. And then when you're done, I'm going to have you recite them to me from your memory. I'm going to quiz it, quiz you on that. And so, I mean, he wasn't that old and it took him, it took him about a half hour, 45 minutes to write out these, these five steps and the examples that we had posted. But for him, that was a more effective punishment than the fee because it's it's it was redirecting to him to what he should exactly. be doing, and that's the whole concept is d- do that redirect. I like that, and yeah, it, and, it should and, be something constructive. It should be something positive. It should be something of value. Yeah, like not pun- We're not about punishing. Yeah. So one thing, um, somebody was using my son Falcon had bought himself a bike pump, and some uh, kids in the family were using it without permission. And so instead of a fee, I had them clean his bike and also clean the pump and and return it to him in, in a better condition. Which is, a, I think that's an appropriate consequence. A great punishment, Hannah. Yeah, and then... Um, well, we knew a lady, too, who her her mother, when the kids would fight, she would have their kids write, write a paper on and, and fill, that out, fill out. They would have to describe what happened, what they did, so basically a confession, but then what they could have done better. Yeah. What a great idea where it gave the kid, had the kids start thinking about, oh, first of all, I'm going to have to write a paper and all kids hate writing papers. But secondly, it got them thinking, oh, what could I have done better? What was my mistake? Ah, and it got them considering the consequences of their actions and alternatives to fighting. So I like that. I thought that was clever. That's a, that's a very, that's a constructive way where if if they don't write the paper sincerely and they're sarcastic or then you have the fee to back you up. You got the default fee. If I don't like your paper, you're going to get a fee. Just like Judge Chickenetti's got the default, he's got the backup jail time. You know, if, if you default on your consequence, you don't ride your bike in the, in the parade or you don't walk the 30 miles or if you don't pick up trash, you're still going to jail. So it, it, it was. It, it's a great system. I like it a lot. It seems to be working, Hannah. Like I said, only time will tell. But so far, I'm really liking having, having the fees as the base, but then having the option to give maybe a more creative yeah. consequence. It's more fitting of whatever the, the crime was that was committed. Well, and the great thing about having these fees as the backup is the fees are carefully calculated to be worth a certain amount of their income. Right. And so a fee is going to be different from one family to another, depending on what your pay rate is. So as you were talking about fines, like in the legal system, when 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 one per, when a poor person gets fined X amount, it may be devastating to that person, but if a wealthy person gets fined that amount, it may not mean anything to them. Mm-hmm. So in Money Pants, the fees are are progressive fees based off of the income and situation in your family, how many mm-hmm. people are in your family and whatnot. So the great thing is that with Money Pants, uh, you have these uh, fees in place, but and the fees match the income of your family, but they are limited and having these fees in place not only are they effective for your situation but it also helps prevent you from going to extremes oh, right. for example in your situation where I, who knows what you did or, or what happened or why your dad thought putting you on the couch for 3 days having you sit there for 3 days was a good idea we don't know 
But the thing is, is if you had had a choice between do you want to pay a fee or sit on the couch for three days, you would have picked the fee. Yeah. And so uh, having that option in place of do you want to do this or do you want to pay the fee, the fee's preset. It's thought of ahead of time. It's very reasonable. And but what happens is it makes it so that the alternative thing that you you pick out ends up not being extreme. Right. And if it is, they have the fee to go back on. And so it keeps it helps you as the apparent avoid going to extremes that maybe you'd regret later. And I'm sure we've all done that. We've we've exactly. attached some consequence and later in retrospect you're like yeah, wish I, hadn't said that. I wish I hadn't said that. I wish, wish I, I hadn't, hadn't done, done that. that. Yep. Um, and so, so having that fee uh, in money pants already in place, it makes it so you can do this, and you know that you're not crossing a boundary. Exactly. Um, because your child has a choice: do you want to do this, or do you want to pay the fee? Mm-hmm. And so and, you'll and- know that you haven't crossed a boundary. So it's if you use money pants. That's this is how it can help you, but I want to uh, it, it, and keep you in a place where you want to be. But I want to point out too, though, is that I love the fees and knowing. Okay, knowing those fees are like my backup. It helps me, and I don't know why, but it helps me from getting angry when somebody does something that maybe they they left the door open and the chickens got out and they and they they did something in the yard and ruined something. And instead of me getting angry. I can go, oh, that's a bummer. You got to pay a fee. Knowing I have that consequence already in place. And then the kid's like, oh, dad, can I do something else? I'll be like, well, actually, yes, you can. You can go throughout the yard and you can collect up all the chicken, whatever, and, and fix this. And and all of a sudden, it, 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 it completely eliminates the, the need for anger. And I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. And well, and Judge Ciccinetti, when they were interviewing him, um, he, he was asked, well, how did you come up with this consequence or that? And he's like, well, actually, I came up with it on the spot. Mm-hmm. Or it just came to me right then and there. And I I don't always have ideas right there on the spot in that second. Mm-hmm. But if a kid is being faced with a fee, guess who's going to help you be very motivated yes. to help you think of a, an acceptable consequence that would be productive yes that child will be more than willing and you say hey you know what the this is a fee i i can't think of something else for you to do that little little johnny you just broke my my whatever uh, because you were playing with your, your baseball in the backyard like you weren't supposed to be i can't think of anything other than to have you you know pay for the window and give you a fee unless you have another idea and all of a sudden, little Johnny's brain's going to be spinning. He's like, "Oh, oh, um, um, I um, could do this for you, or I could do that. I'll do this or... and this and this and this." And you're like, and they may come up with some good ideas. And you're like, "Oh, that is a good idea." Yeah. Okay, let's and, do that. And you can It'll... say, and you can say no to their ideas. You're like, "No, that's not." Yeah, because yeah. they could get sneaky. Because and be like... because I, I've had kids even in family council where we're deciding on consequences or something like that. You know, I you'll have maybe an older kid saying to the younger kids, "Hey, guys." make the consequences very easy because you want to be able, you don't want to actually have to do that. And so, so all of a sudden they're attaching rewards to bad behavior and you're like, (laughs) if um, you leave your dishes out, you get an ice cream. 
Nope, um, doesn't no, no. doesn't doesn't work that way. So you have the you have the option of saying nope. That's that that's I that's I don't think that's a good idea. Give me another one. Give me another one. Oh, so no. <laughs> so these are kind of some of the ways to, to how to implement. Just you you got to make sure that the first thing is when when you're upset you gotta you gotta calm down. So that means you know whether you going away, kids going away, timeout, whatever it may be. Or your dad's going to have to deal with this, or your mom's going to have to deal with this. I'm too upset right now. That's step one. And and even admitting that you're too upset to deal with it is actually helpful. Say, I'm actually too angry right now to deal with that. Say those words out loud. I feel too upset right now. And it Um, actually helps to say those words out loud. Yeah, it's what we teach the kids to do, to say how they're feeling. To express themselves. Um, And there's nothing wrong with, with that. So that's step one. Don't Don't implement anything when you're upset. Then step number two, the default should be a fee. But if you have inspiration or an idea, say, you know what? I can give you a fee or I really need these walls cleaned. Or, you know what? The kitchen hasn't been mopped forever. Or, boy, these, I sure would like all the baseboards clean because they're getting kind of grungy. Or, oh man, it's been forever since we've deep cleaned the cabinets. Like whatever the these tasks that you need done, give the kid the option. Boy, is that effective. That is That works so well. Johnny, you know what? You were teasing your brother again. You interrupted my class with little Sally here. Okay, you either give me a fee or I'm going to put you to work cleaning the cabinets. And it's uncanny, Hannah. It, it amazes me. The kids are way more willing to do pretty much any chore than to pay a fee. Yeah. Well, and one thing, like if, if, if there was meanness between siblings or there was an offense between one sibling and another, one thing I'll, I'll say is, oh, well, what's something that you could do for that person? So I had um, one daughter who her job was to milk the cow and the other daughter had done something that wasn't very nice. I don't remember what it was. And she said, hey, how about I go out and help her milk the cows? And clean up and, and all that. Yeah. And so she did that. And in the process, they became friends again. That's kind of so, cool. So it, it was cool because she was, but she had to think in her mind, what could I do to show show my sister that I, I'm sorry and that I love her? And the neat thing is she had every motivation to do so. <laughs> and her little brain was spinning going, okay, what would be an appropriate consequence that mom and dad would go for? That would get me out of a fee. That would show my sister that I was, uh-huh. I, I'm sorry for what I did so, or said. So get, getting the, the, I guess that's step number three. If you can't think of anything, go to the kids. See if they have, see if they have something. And of course, if they don't, then you have this great default of fees. And I guess, and then I, I kind of want to circle back now to, uh, to wrap this up. I just wanted to, to circle back to this concept that, these principles also work with rewards. We've been talking a lot about punishments, but they also work with rewards in that the same exact concepts of, you know... Uh, not going to extremes. Don't going to extreme. <laughs> make the consequence, make the reward fit the activity, um, customize it, you know, uh, be, be kind though about it. And it's mutually agreed upon and... Um, the, the the end goal is to have, you know, healthy behavior and habits. Well, the same applies to, to rewards where use family counsel to come up with some cool rewards, simple things like, oh, if you help mom unload the groceries when she goes shopping, it's going to be an ice cream cone. Or, and I remember this experience with my son who really wanted to stop wetting the bed. 
and he, he just was having the toughest time. And we're like, okay, we'll tell you what. We, we jumped online, looked at some stuff, and we came across a really cool remote control tank that fired these little bullets. And he's like, oh, and he got all sorts of excited about that. We're like, okay, tell you what, we'll buy that. We're going to set it here. That'll be your reward for, I think it was six weeks. He had to go mm-hmm. six weeks with a dry bed. Well, it was and, it cheaper than it was cheaper than cleaning the bedding and, and cheaper replacing than the mattress. The, yeah, and cheaper than diapers. So. And it was amazing. It it I think he only messed up once or twice. It was unbelievable. But the reward matched the behavior. And then of course, you know, my we've talked about this where my my one son earned his Eagle Scout, which was a multi-year process and, you know, that thousands cost him and thousands a lot of, of money. Dollars. Yep. Cost him a lot of money because he had to pay for it. But he earned a really thing. cool car in the process. Yeah. So the reward definitely matched the behavior, and all along we're encouraging good behavior anyway. So, um, but this works. I want to point out though, Hannah, this works so well. This works really well for mastery. Where, you know, we talked about you know accordion lessons. I was half joking, but you know. Parents, they like their kids to learn musical instruments. And so you say, you know what? If you reach a certain level in your music lessons, we'll take you to a concert. We'll go take you to the Philharmonic. Now, I've heard this put a different way. Instead of a reward, it, you can kind of think of it as, how am I going to celebrate this accomplishment? Celebration, sure. How, how are we going to celebrate this? Wow. If you complete all the, because a lot of times music teachers that are like, we have level one, two, three, four, mm-hmm. five. You know, if you complete this, we're, we'll take you to a concert. And in, in the mastery portion of the app, it's actually called a milestone. And you're going to celebrate that milestone. And you can, you can even set that up, like what the requirements are. But another example would be, yo, um, uh, Johnny, if you learn, if you're able to make 75% of your free throws, because I know you love basketball. So if you practice every day and, and you, you know, you make 75% of your free throws, uh, I'll take you to a, an NBA game and maybe I'll even get you nachos. You know, where it's a, it's a cool but appropriate reward for his behavior. And then, uh, for his hard work. And for his hard work, yeah, exactly. Yeah, for his hard work. And then another example would be, you know, oh, well, if you if you complete swimming lessons and pass whatever the certification is for to prove you know how to swim efficiently, uh, we'll go to the water park. And we'll we'll take you we'll take you to the water park. Like yeah. just cool little rewards. Well, yeah, because in money pants they pay for their own swim lessons and so um but hey, look, if you work hard in your swim classes and you you keep doing this and taking the swim lessons, I'll take you to the water park. And we'll, and you, you know, know what if 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 it's not something your family would normally do, you say we'll take you to the water park and we'll pay for half or maybe grandma and grandpa will sponsor you. Or what, however you want to orchestrate it. It's really cool though. You can set all these things up. And the, the, the key is, is that rewards and punishments are more effective if they are customized to relate to the desired behavior. And so that's kind of it. Those are, those are all of our thoughts when it comes to crafting these effective consequences. You know, the, the principles of making uh, one size does not fit all, uh, but it applies to positive and negative consequences. Let the consequences match the behavior uh, number four principle is, you know, be kind and merciful. You know, no cruel and unusual punishments. Principle number five, make sure that it's mutually agreed upon. There's mutual respect. Number six, keep them short. Keep the keep the punishments short. You know, minutes or hours, not days or weeks. And principle number seven, again, the whole the end goal is to encourage healthy behavior and habits because that's that's what we're all about. That's what as parents, that's what we're all about. That's what money pants is all about. As people, that's what we're all about. 
And that's it. That's all we have to say for today. If you like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends. They may want to listen too. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support and click contact us. Send us an email. We'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy once again our mystery guest composition of the Money Pants theme song. We'll see you next time. Me too!